0: Welcome to a Season of Caring Podcast, where there's hope for living, loving, and caring with no regrets. This is Raina Nysis, your host, and today our guest is Stacy Johnston. Stacy grew up in a dance studio family and has enjoyed the beautiful world of the arts all of her life. She's been married for 36 years to a wonderful man. She's the mother of three and grandmother of four and a half. She owned and operated Applause Dance Studio for 30 years and spent 11 years in the adolescent and adult substance abuse and mental health profession as a family services specialist. Stacy is currently operating in Lighten Up as an internationally certified personal development coach, consultant, speaker, and trainer. She feels blessed to spend the days working with individuals, companies, and families to illuminate their journey from existence to significance, shining a light in their legacy. Stacey's new joy is co-hosting a podcast, The Hero Builder, where they focus on ordinary people that do extraordinary things in the lives of others and deeply diving into attributes of character and integrity. Welcome, Stacey. I'm so glad to have you today.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. It's an honor.
0: Well, I am excited to hear your story and then some of the things that you're doing to encourage others. So let's jump right in and have you share a little bit about your caregiving season.
1: I think when my dad first got sick and got diagnosed with Alzheimer's, that began our journey for us with my little brother and I and, and our path through caring for our parents. And we realized that we were kind of in that first generation that cared for our parents and raised our children at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, because when they were born in, that's a, that's a tough place because it's two completely different sets of needs. It is, but and, lots of needs. Right. But lots of needs. And some of them are so similar at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: you think, didn't I just do this with my four-year-old? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and so we began that journey with my dad and I was a long distance. I was eight hours away. My little brother was four hours away. And so we, we had to rely on services and the VA and the right people. And, you know, God getting lucky, sending us the right people at the right time to be there, to stay in his house with him. People that we could trust to to see to his care. Right. So we learned a lot through that. And then we learned a lot as we moved on and buried my dad. He passed away from Alzheimer's uh, a couple of years ago, right before my daughter got married. And then in January of 2019, I have a very active family. My mom was a go-getter. She was a president of the Garden Club, PEO. They built houses for Habitat. She decorated. They had a date for aid once a week, and they fed people in their homes and just this this ball of energy and this lovely thing. And January 1, 2019, she had a stroke Wow! early that morning. Hit the gaggle, Bayley, a region of her brain it's where you store your vast store of knowledge, mm. okay? It's what that, that portion is. And so her body kind of forgot, she had a left side. And by the time I got there from Albuquerque, she was in the bed, right? Strap on, not able mm. to talk, not able to walk. And we began to wonder, is this what's next, right? One day you have this life and the next day you have this other life. But she was a dancer and she had this incredible body knowledge. And we had the most wonderful care team at the hospital Mm. in Kerrville. And they'd been trained by John Maxwell years ago. And they had a philosophy of the teamwork makes the dream work. Mm. And so they would talk to my little brother and I go, tell us about your mom. What does she do? What's a phrase that we can use with her that'll strike a memory with her? And I said, shoulders back, dots out, right? Ballerinas, right? And if you tell her shoulders back, dots out, she will sit up because she knows that position. Mm -hmm. And and sure enough, it worked for her. And so her entire care team, if they'd see her in the hall or walk by her room, they go, hey, Miss Pat, shoulders back, dots out. So we had this wonderful care team with her. And she came, her goal was to dance at my daughter's wedding. Mm -hmm. And she did. In August, she got to dance at my daughter's wedding. And so she recovered really well, but we learned a lot about what that care might look like, right? So we began to check and make sure we had long-term care insurance in place. And what was that going to look like for our family and their family? And where did they want to be? Because it matters, right? By the time my mother had her stroke, my little brother still had boys in high school, but my kids were grown. And the last of them was getting married. We had grandbabies all around. And so I was at a different place in my life than he was, but I was still 13 hours away from my mom. Wow, right? And so she recovered remarkably from stroke one and we were on a path And my stepdad is very healthy, I retired from the Navy. He knows everything there is to know, right? Superman. And January one, she had a second stroke oh, wow. exactly 365 days later, wow. but in a different region of her brain. This one was caused from AFib, a clot mm-hmm. that got released from her heart. So it caused a different kind of stroke. Now we're in a whole nother place, right? And we began mm-hmm. to care for this second stroke my husband and I decided it was time to relocate and to move closer to his family and to mine because we were in this season of caregiving, right? It, w- it was upon us. So we relocated to Texas from New Mexico. And we got here, we moved to Texas to help care with my mom the day they shut the country down, 2020. And that's the day our moving van left. And so since that day, about three weeks after that, my mom fell. They were mm-hmm. still at home at the time, no care at home. They were self sufficient. She fell backwards, broke her pelvis. Mm. So she did 11 weeks of solitary quarantine and we couldn't go visit her. We couldn't see her. She couldn't see us. She got to see my stepdad one time through the window. Heartbreaking. Oh, it was heart-wrenching because we couldn't see her and we couldn't help her recover. Right. Mm -hmm. And she had had both strokes. So we had a little bit of brain injury going on at the same time, just for understanding. Right. Right. What the doctor was saying to her and what we needed to hear, we couldn't always guarantee that those were the same. Right. And then we had COVID, so we couldn't go be there. Mm. We couldn't be a part of it. And so in the process of that, we sold their house in Kerrville. We packed her and my stepdad up, moved them to Abilene into an assisted living community in the same town where my little brother lived in 45 minutes from my new location. So now here we are ready. And then it became finding that care team. Right. Yeah, they, so challenging. They, they wanted to be independent, right? They didn't want to live in a nursing home and they weren't ready for that. So it's that care team who takes care of them during the day, who sees to getting them dressed and personal needs. And then you have insurance, right? Insurance will only pay when they get to this certain level. Of, we don't want to be at this level of disability because right. we want to function. So where's that middle ground and how do you meet it? And it's challenges you never think about, right? When mom comes to visit or you go home and, and hang out for a little while, that's one thing. But to see to the needs they've seen to for their own, themselves, their whole lives, and now they're asking you to do that, or you have an expectation to do that, it's you find yourself in a place of I need to learn, mm-hmm. and if you don't humble yourself and recognize that one day that could be you, and my mother would care for me, right? Do you make it harder? Yeah. Right. The longer you fight it, and the longer you struggle with it, because it's painful sometimes. Because you see things and you remember things, and you've lived on that strength. Right? You stood on those shoulders.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is so hard to make that change. I think one of the most challenging parts of caregiving is really emotionally. Yeah. Physically, we can step in and we can do what needs to be done, or we can find others to help us. But emotionally, it's just hard to watch them age. It just is, and it feels like but this isn't my mom or this isn't my dad, or they wouldn't do that, or they would be able to do this on their own. And I know I think of that, but I also spent a lot of time thinking of how hard it had to be for my dad too. Because like you said, they've been independent. They want to do it all themselves too. They don't want to have to ask you for help. They don't want to have to depend on other people. So it is such a humbling season. It's so humbling
1: and it's as humbling for them as it is for us, mm-hmm. right? Because my mother doesn't want to live that life. She's convinced she's going to wake up one day and her left side's going to be back to normal and she can cook again. And, and she's very functional. I mean, they still live in a the house. They're both mobile, right? But in the process of my mom recovering from that broken pelvis and getting it moved, she had two more little strokes. And my super healthy stepdad on his 89th birthday, as he's walking his exercise routine, had his own stroke. Mm. And he was who was taking care of my mom, right? right. She was dependent on was my stepdad. Well, then he had a stroke, fell down the stairs. So now we have two stroke patients wow. that still want to live independent, mm-hmm. right? So we have two care teams because the interns won't let you just have one, right? right. They all have, to have their own prescription. So how do you balance those people in and out? And, and it, it's a struggle, but it, it's probably harder for me to watch her be sad. Mm-hmm. And she gets so angry because she can't do things. Mm-hmm. So we spend a lot of time talking about, well, let's talk about what you can do, mom. Right. Right. Four strokes and a broken pelvis and you're still telling me what to do. You can do some stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think as a coach, that's probably really helpful for you to be able to ask those questions and help her shift that mindset. So tell us a little bit about what is
1: Enlighten Up and what do you do? Enlighten Up. The basis for my business probably comes from my experience as a dancer. Because that wasn't just a thing that I did. It really was a way of life for us. My mother was a dancer. I grew up in the world of the arts. And so there's this understanding about life and about your appreciation for life that comes with the arts. That's very different. And so when I got ready to teach, I danced professionally for a while. And then I began to teach dancing and I loved teaching, right? I have a great time teaching. I love the children because I love to watch them recognize that they can do it. Mm -hmm. That light bulb, that little, I did it, right? And they all feel like a princess right, mm-hmm. on stage. And it doesn't matter. They're the most beautiful thing in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And so I loved teaching dancing. And tap was my favorite. And when we taught tap, one of the things, if you're going to be a good tap dancer and you're going to be a good tap teacher, you have to teach the children that you can't dance to the music because the music changes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But underneath the music, there's this little guy. And and he keeps he keeps the band on time. He keeps the rhythm going. And he has to be your dance partner. So you have to find him. So as I, my kids grew up and, and we walked through the trials that we had with our own families and, and growing up in the good days and the bad days, I began to recognize how much that was about your life. Who are you underneath your music? Because it's easy to sing a song, right? I can sing over here with these people and I can sing over here with these people. But who is this for me? Because this decides how I like my eggs and how I vote and my faith. And my my strength and my integrity and my character is this guy. And if I try to live my life here, I, I can't do both, right? But this is where your story is. And this is where your legacy lies. It's underneath your music. So it enlightened up. That's what we really focused on is, is helping you find your dance partner, right? What's your story? Because the grand overall design looked down one day and decided the world needed one of you. How come? Mm-hmm. Right? You have this story to write and you have this song to sing that's different from anyone else's. And if we're not careful, we've let our life, our parents, our caregiving, our children, our job, our social media status write our story for us. And we just get up in the morning and dress in the character with which they've laid out for us today. And then one day you look up and you go, wait a minute, this is my story. Right? And you pick up the pen and you write your story because that's your legacy how do you want it to read? What do you want people to say about you? What's the message that we live in the lot they have? And until you light that path for yourself and enlighten your own wisdom to see that you're amazing, then you don't get to be the very best version of you. And the world deserves the best version of you.
0: So many times in our caring season, I find people who lose themselves in the role, which is exactly what you were saying <laughs> is that They get up every day and they do the to-dos and they just lose their own joy, their own passion, their own identity. And it might be, maybe they don't lose it. Maybe they never had it to start off with. Because I think oftentimes as caregivers, we just have a heart of service and we can easily lose ourselves in serving others and not truly know who our dance partner is and know how it is that our serving, is it really an outflow of who we are or is it an expectation of what other people want us to do? And when we really find our dance partner, find our purpose, then it's an outflowing of who we are. They might be the same actions every day, but it comes from within. It comes from that heart of passion and of love and of service.
1: Absolutely. And you can't get from an empty cup. If If you never feed yourself and you never grow who you are and become bigger and more on the inside, then how do you continue to feed? How do you continue to serve? You have to learn that it's important to put yourself on your calendar. So many times, especially in that role as caregivers, I'm a parent, I'm a caregiver, I'm an employee, I'm a mom, I'm, I wear 14 hats in a day,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Who are you without any of those hats on? Because that person is important. That person has a story to write, right? And we gravitate toward light. We, we look over here for this person's energy and we find this light and we feed on that and we go over there and we hover in that light and then it fades. And then we get disillusioned and we think, Ugh, well, I was dependent on that light. I needed that. And so we just seek out another one and we get tired seeking out that energy. And one day you recognize the light you need is right here inside you. And once you believe it's there, then you can turn it on. And then, like you said, these things that you need, what's next steps, they just come to you like fish to a light you ever been not fishing You ever watched anybody not fish no i'm not a fisherman so i'm really not either okay but i was at the lake with my children one weekend and the boys were all like we're going not fishing so they got on their jet skis and they took these little balls with them and they put batteries in them and turned them on and threw them in the lake and they glowed bright green and from where we were on the bank within 10 minutes you could see the fish just sucked to these lights wow right it was it was a cool experience great for fishermen right But that's the same thing that we do. We gravitate that same way. And if you turn that light on that you have inside you, that gift that you got the moment the world decided you should be here, then those things that you need to fulfill you and to fill you up and to fill your cup and to help you serve, they'll come to you. But you got to trust the light. You have to
0: realize when you're empty. I think sometimes we don't even realize we're empty, that we need to turn it on, that we need to find those things to fill our cups. It's so important in this season to just not wear the one hat, but to realize that you can serve in that role. Again, you can honor, you can love well, you can do all of those things, but they can't define you.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. You can have a family with four or five siblings and there's four or five different levels of care or kinds of care that are involved in that, mm-hmm. right? Because they just, they just bring their lens to the picture. And so the expectation that my little brother and I or my sister and I are gonna care for my parents the same way is unrealistic on my part, right? And, and why am I gonna fight with my little brother over how he fixes dinner for them, right? But you find yourself getting to that place going, now, wait a minute, I do dinner, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I think even in understanding your care team, you have those professionals that you pay to be a part of it, but you have those family members that are a part of it as well. And really right. taking time to look at Who has a passion for doing these things? How can we just all work together? It's not about one person doing it all and everybody else stepping aside, but it's also not about one person taking over. Sometimes we want it our way and we don't acknowledge the gifts that other people bring into the picture. So
1: it's an important point too. Exactly right. And I think another thing sometimes that we don't take into consideration is how our parents feel in it. Definitely. We worry about how we feel, right? Do I get along with these people? Did I like that lady? right? <laughs> and it shouldn't be that. It's more important on how my mom and my stepdad, how do they get along with these people? Exactly. Do they feel safe? Do they trust them? Do they enjoy them? And so at the beginning, I know when we very first started, I caught myself going a lot in like her energy and my mother would go, well, I think she was cute. <laughs> right. And so I, <laughs> right, we had to learn, okay, she's going to be hanging out with you, not me. Mm-hmm. So you tell me who you like, right? Who makes you feel safe? And and stepping back and giving them permission to still own their life,
0: Mm -hmm. so important. We all want control, especially over our immediate life. I think one of the hardest parts about aging, why it's so hard to age gracefully, is because it is a process of letting go of control, as it's required. And you know, your mom and her stroke—boy, she lost a lot of independence. She lost a lot of passion. things that she loved to do. So how do we let her do what she can do and still honor that for her? It's beautiful, such a growing process, caregiving and figuring out how to have those relationships to support and love everyone around us well. But I love how you talk about the light because I do think that's important. We have to realize where we are and, and really find what fills us up so that we can continue to shine. So I know another one of your projects that you are really enjoying is The everyday heroes. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, you know, we're having the most wonderful time. The guy I co-host with, Boyd Hamlin, he's a wonderful man. He called one day and said, "Hey, these people I work with want me to do a podcast, and there's no possibility I can do that by myself. Will you help me?" And I'm like, (laughs) "Sure, let's do it." My grandmother always said I could be on the radio. Let's go for it. (laughs) And so we just did. We had a guy that our third partner, the sponsor, name is Christian Devries from Arizona, runs a program called Athlete of Significance. And Boyd wrote a program called The Hero Builder. And The Hero Builder is a character and integrity growth program for children, ages two to grown-ups, because included in the program is lessons for teachers, lessons for parents on how to model character and integrity. So when we started the podcast, we started the podcast as The Hero Builder. We really ran it. By the premise of this program that he ran, the first 36 words that we did in our wisdom word for Wednesday were the 36 words out of the hero builder program, those attributes of character and integrity that we want to teach our children. How do you make character verb in your life? And so that's where it all started. And then the hero builder kind of kept growing and kept becoming this life. And so we, in January, we rebranded and we let the hero builder come over here and have a life all its own. And we became everyday heroes because we've had the most wonderful time meeting the most fabulous people from all over the world. I've been to Jerusalem, Australia, Perth. I'm going to the Netherlands and I don't ever have to leave my living room having the most wonderful time. But there are the most beautiful people all around the world that do the most beautiful things to serve other people and bring hope. If they never get a chance to talk about how do we know, right? But those people are also inspired by someone. So there is a hero out there for somebody, this person, this, this everyday person that came into their life and did something extraordinary for them. And so we want to give them a chance to honor those people. And we want to know what you want to share with the world. We want to know what your t-shirt says, right? What's your one liner. And so it, we, I, I'm having the greatest time, that's what we do. I, so I take care of my mom and I hang out on the everyday heroes and talk to fabulous people from all over the world. And so let me tell you a quick story. One of the gentlemen that we interviewed on our podcast was a chef. He runs a program called Dairy Dairy, right? Out of Germany. My mother was a cook. She was a fabulous cook. And she had a, a thing called the date for Eight. And they, she and these group of eight couples, they cooked for each other and good gourmet food. And they did it for years. Well, when she had her stroke, she wasn't able to be in the kitchen because she couldn't use that hand. And she misses cooking. So this program that these fabulous people run from this program, we got to have a virtual birthday party for my mom. 84 years old the other day, we invited three of her friends that she cooked with that she hadn't seen since she fell in over a year on a Zoom call with a chef. And he walked us through beginning to end, preparing her birthday dinner until we plated it. It was the coolest birthday for her because she got to cook and not cook, right? She got to cook with her friends. I prepared the food. She got to visit with her friends and be there. We all ate the same dinner. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's beautiful. I love Um, that. It was so cool. So there are beautiful people out there doing great stuff. And if everyday heroes can bring that out and bless a birthday, change a life, light a candle of hope for somebody, that's what we want to do. Even as caregivers,
0: it's those opportunities to find a way to modify and deal with what we've got right right here and right now and still bless each other. And that's what's such a blessing for her to be with those special people. But oh, how amazing for you to be a part of that and to instigate that and bring them together in that special way. That's That's just amazing. So
1: So yay, the podcast. I love it. We are having the most wonderful time. Podcasts are a lot of fun. We get to meet amazing
0: people. I love to be able to bring different stories, different caregivers to our listeners so that they can realize that they're not the only one in this season and that they can learn from different things, different people are doing. So thank you for being yeah, a light good. for our listeners and helping them to see some different ways of maybe engaging in their caregiving as well.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. It was such a joy and such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for your time and for what you do and for giving people permission to feel how they feel and it to get to walk it a good way. So thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you, listeners, for joining us today. And just a reminder, a Season of Caring podcast is created for the encouragement of family caregivers. If you have legal, financial, or medical questions, be sure to contact your local professionals and take heart in your Season of Caring.